Welcome to the special edition podcast to highlight the VRDM on the 5th of May 2020. I'm interviewing the members of the committee to give you an inside view of what goes on behind the scenes when organizing a live 24-hour event and an insight into the people who make it happen. The International Day of the Midwife is a day where people across the world celebrate and recognize the work of midwives and the VRDM is an annual free online 24-hour conference to celebrate this day of the midwife. And today I'm speaking to Chris Woodhouse, um, who is a member, a long-standing member of the committee. And thank you so much for joining me today, Chris. And if you can tell me and the listeners a little bit more about you and where you are in the world right now. Thanks, Karen. Yeah, it's great, great to talk to you again. Um, so yeah, my name's Chris Woodhouse. I'm a retired consultant and IT professional. I live in a small village in a national park, the Peak District National Park, uh, in the middle of England. And as we speak today, it's a cool but very, very nice early spring day. Blue skies, temperatures around five, six degrees Celsius. Um, and we've had a really nice walk this morning. Lovely. And as I speak to you, I'm in um, Cape Town, South Africa. Temperatures around about 26 degrees. And um, the view that I have from my apartment is over the ocean and it's a beautiful sunny day. <laughs> so before we get um, too caught up in talking about the weather, I don't even know how that happened. <laughs> Let's get back to <laughs> the virtual international day of the midwife. And the wonderful yes, thing about this is that um, you are not a midwife and yet you are a um, very important part of the bringing together of this conference. So how did it come about that you got involved? in this i took redundancy from a company in 2008 um, and went freelancing and i'd been a facilitator on and off for about 10 or 12 years by then um, and uh, i took an online course for facilitating online because that was happening more and more and the course was given by sarah stewart who is one of the founding members of the virtual international day of the midwife and so she recruited me to be a facilitator in uh, for uh, 2010. Uh, so VRM 2010 was the first time I was there. And then by 2011, I found I was on the, on the committee. The stuff I bring to the committee is uh, my experience with facilitation and with organizing, plus uh, some of my IT technical skills, because I was very interested in professionally how small organizations use technology to make things happen. Um, so that's sort of the main things that I do in the Virtual International Day of the Midwife. But I learn a lot as well. I've, I've, come, I've got, made some very good friends on the committee through this work, and I've learned a huge amount about the world of midwifery, and I've found it um, a delight, a joy, a privilege, and absolutely fascinating. So one of the things, um, considering that you've been involved with the VRDM for 10 years now, I would imagine that you've seen a lot of changes just and, and learned a lot through, through the presentations that have been um, brought to the VRDM about midwifery and about the changes in the maternity system. So are there any changes that sort of spring out to you or that you'd like to talk about? Well, I think um, a lot has been learning for me. So some of the stuff I'm not sure I know has been a change, but what I've, I think it's, um, it's amazing to see how midwifery is practiced in different parts of the world where the infrastructure and the so-called development um, of different countries differs from what I'm used to being in, in the UK. Um, 
so seeing stuff from midwives practicing with um you know very very few resources in maybe in remote parts of african countries um through to people uh wandering and and concerned about the um over medicalization of uh, of, of birth and it seemed that's uh, i think I think if I was thinking of changes, it's changes I'd like to see as much as changes that I've seen that that strike me, because um, I've I've come to appreciate that uh, not that I didn't know before, but birth is an is a, a very natural process, and um, it's about it's about anatomy and physiology, which is how it's allied with the medical profession. But um, a lot of births are absolutely fine if they're just assisted by um, a birth professional like a midwife or a doula. Um, and you need medicine available for complications and difficulties, but most of the time that's not needed. Um, and I think that's not necessarily understood by uh, by expectant mothers. They don't realise that they've they've got choices. And I think that's the big thing for me that birth and the birth process is about choice and empowering mothers to be. And that's something that midwives can do and and passionately want to do. And that's some of the stuff that comes through so strongly in the presentations that I've seen and some that I've helped to facilitate. Sure, you really put that so beautifully um, and explain it so well. So thank you so much for that. And absolutely, I think it is about choice and empowering and all the presentations generally follow that same theme. But as you say, we're learning about how things are done around the world and how even though childbirth is the same regardless of where you are, how it's handled differently in different countries. Um, that, that's exactly right. Um, and, it, and it's great to see uh, recently we've even started um, to sort of emphasize the global nature of the conference. We've even started supporting uh, presentations in languages other than English. And although English is the language of international conferences, it's great to be able to... Um, make the conference available to people who don't speak English and obviously we're, we're a small um, volunteer group so we can't employ translators and we don't have the resources to do lots but we do have Spanish speakers on the committee so um, we've reached out to principally South America but uh, I think one or two in Spain as well so we have Spanish language presentations with uh, Spanish speaking facilitators to help that so that we're making the conference accessible to people interested in midwifery and birth who speak Spanish and don't speak English. And I think that's a really good thing. And one of the other things that seems to be fairly new is the introduction of a student stream. Um, how would you explain that? And, and um, how did that come about? Well, I think that's really exciting. We've uh, over maybe the last five or six years, uh, we've, uh, we've consciously made the effort to have um, a student midwife on the committee, on the organising committee, so that we can find a way of connecting to students. Because the future of the profession is obviously uh, with the people who are newly entering it. Um, and this year, uh, we started thinking about it last year or two, but this year we decided consciously to have a student stream where we would specifically ask for presentations that were aimed at students uh, with students' concerns about midwifery. I suppose this built on our first foray into this area was what we called student cafes, where we 
Uh, we opened a second room at some point, a couple of times during the conference for students to come together and almost just informally chat about what was important to them. And it made us realize there's, you know, there's, a, there's a, another cohort of people who, who are not yet served and giving conferences to students as opposed to just professionals would be a way of uh, including them in the conference and helping them to understand how conferences work as well as accessing the the sharing of knowledge which is what the whole vidm is about absolutely and very often you know students wouldn't have the means or the time to attend conferences um so this is really a wonderful way as you say of getting them in early and exposing them to this vast source of knowledge and global information exactly. about midwifery it also makes what you just said makes me think of another aspect so it's not just students who can't afford a lot of people um, can't afford to go to conferences by the time you factored in um, the cost of flights the cost of accommodation the cost of conference tickets themselves and so on a lot of people in developing countries have no chance whatsoever of attending an international conference so the, the vidm which is free to attend um, all, all someone needs to attend is a, a reasonable internet connection and we do make sure that the presentations don't demand a, a, a very fast uh, connection with big bandwidth um, and that's a way of reaching out to people who just like students would, n would never have a chance of traveling to an international conference but this allows them to do so. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just even the diversity of the presentations is, um, is amazing. Oh, it, it is. It's, um, I'd never for a moment until I started working with VRDM imagined how much variety there could be in subject matter around uh, midwifery. And one of the things we're proud of is we're also trying to make sure we have at least a few presentations that are um, almost at the cutting edge of, of midwifery thinking. Um, so I think I find that really, really interesting. And it can be, I mean, we had a presentation last year about someone um, who was looking at concerns about 5G and whether the radiation from 5G is good, a good thing or a bad thing. Um, who would have thought we would have been talking about uh, the impact of IT on birth as opposed to supporting delivering a, confer a conference about um, VIDM. So it, it's, they're hugely varied with all sorts of people, all sorts of ages. Uh, we had some, we had a male midwife last year delivering a presentation about his experiences. So lots and lots of varieties. It never ceases to amaze me. Well, you are the tech guru of the VIDM. So I wonder if you could also help just explain to our listeners how the VIDM differs um, in that it is, is in actually an interactive conference. Um, oh, that's, yeah. a, that's a very good point, Karen. Yeah, so um, it's, a, it's an online conference, so people may have seen people having things like Skype calls or that sort of thing. Um, so all you need is a computer and a connection to the internet um, and ideally a, a headphone and usually one that comes with your mobile phone will do. Um, but the way the technology we use, you only need a, a web browser, um, but we also um, enable and encourage attendees to take part and we try and make it interactive because um, imagine sitting on your own for two or three hours just watching a stream of presentations would, would 
you pretty soon lose interest. But we, um, we conduct some polls at the beginning of each uh, presentation to find out who's attending and what sort of role they have in midwifery, where they are. Um, but then we have, a, um, within the presentation itself, this little area for um, text chatting. So you can start asking questions of the presenter. So if something you don't quite understand something or you have a contribution to make or you want to explore something a bit further, um, an aspect of the presentation, you can ask the presenter a, a question and the facilitator will help make sure that question is asked and answered. And you can even chat to other attendees. You can start little private chats. So if you and I were at the same presentation 5,000 miles apart, but there was something that... Uh, we knew about and we thought oh I remember Karen did that we can have a little quiet chat off um, that doesn't involve other people or disturb them as well so we we try and find lots of ways of getting people involved and some of our presenters also um, partway through might conduct a poll where they ask a question how many people have seen this or how many people have done that that sort of thing so the technology is very encouraging in terms of people participating and not just sitting and um and taking stuff in in one direction as it were now i know there's going to be people who have been listening to this and wanting to sign up so that they're able to take part and do they have to download any software or any programs to be able to attend the live version of this conference or how does that work uh, no, no, you don't have to. Uh, you don't have to download anything. You just need a web browser to attend. On our website, um, as we get nearer the conference, we'll publish the program of the conference. So you'll see something like around thirty-five or so presentations taking being delivered over the twenty-four hour period of the conference, uh, which starts late evening on the fourth of May in. Uh, in UK and Europe and then different times around the world um, and you can just pick the, conf the sessions that you think interest you and there'll be um, each of those will just have a, a link um, that you can click on in our in the program on our website and that will just uh, open your web browser and you'll be there ready it'll be in what we call room we have a number of virtual rooms um, and your web browser finds the link to that um, and that's all you need. The web browser takes care of it all. There's no special software needed. You don't need to sign up in advance. You don't need to pay anything just to keep an eye on a website. Um, you can subscribe to updates if you want. Um, so you can see as we make announcements what's happening. And um, when the time comes for the presentation you want to attend, just click on the link and you'll be in the room. And it's just one link that will give them access to all the different rooms and all the different presentations. Um, what we do, the way we run it, we close each room after each presentation um, because that's part of how um, the software that supports the conferences helps us to save the recordings. So um, another point is that after the conference, you can go and re-look at um, each of the presentations on our YouTube channel. Um, but there'll be a link for every, an individual link for each of the presentations on our on the program page of our website for the conference so if you know that you want to attend the presentation at session eight you just look up that click on the link for session eight and it opens the room and then if the next one is session 11 you click on the session 11 link and it'll open up that room and if, so there's very two sessions, if there are two sessions running concurrently that you want to attend both 
then it would just be a matter of watching the one knowing that the other one would be available to watch later on the YouTube channel. That's exactly right. So if, if by chance there are two at the same time that both really interest you, then choose the one you want to look at live and then look at the other one. It's a bit like two programs on at the same time on your TV. You watch one and record the other one on your hard disk recorder. It's a bit like that. You have to choose which one you want to watch live and then watch the recording of the other one later once it's up there. And they're usually up within a few hours and certainly within a couple of days all uh, the recordings should be available on our YouTube channel. Also, at the end of each at the end of each session, um, we we just give people a reminder of where the pro the conference program is, so that it reminds you back to that link. So it's back to that web page. You can choose the link for the session you want to look at next. And all this information is on our website vidm.org. That's and exactly it. I will make sure that there is a link to that um, in the show notes and. Um, so that you're able to access that our listeners are able to access that and be kept updated with the program yeah, when it does become available. That's right. Um, and I would encourage listeners to, um, to sign up for updates and that's the easiest way of keeping up to date with when we start issuing things like, um, the program list and then, um, reminders on how to join and what technology you need, which is very little. And obviously, we want as many people to sign up as possible. And another wonderful thing about an online conference is that there's no limit to the amount of people who can attend. Yeah, we um, just sign up, share it with your friends and colleagues and encourage them to come. I think that's probably our biggest challenge at the moment is um, really raising awareness about the VRDM and getting it out on as many social media channels as possible. Yes, that's uh, that's something that's really important to us. Um, that we do uh, we do make as many people aware as aware of VIDM as possible, so that we get people attending. And as you say, so it's getting it out in in as many channels as possible. And again, I would encourage people if they're at all interested um, to spread the word and share share the news. We have posters which you can share virtually, or even print and put on your um, coffee room wall or whatever. Yes, wonderful. And that's, we also have a Facebook page and a lot of information over there. Thank you so much for your time today, Chris. Is there anything else you want to share with our listeners before we end off? No, I don't think so. Just um, stay safe in these challenging times and, and please do join us on the 5th of May. From the, from the safety and isolation of your home. Exactly so. Mm -hmm.